Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I'm Bradley Brumley from Jonesboro, Arkansas. Today I'm going to talk about why I think my house is haunted. I blame my daughter for this one. Hey, thanks for listening. I appreciate that. Just got back from a run. Well, I could barely call it a run. I went for a couple of miles. It's been a long time since my last run, and hopefully this is going to be my slump buster, but uh, I don't even know how slow I was, I'll be honest, because I don't even have a running app on my phone at this point. That's how how much I have uh, strayed off the path. I used to be a regular runner, and... One of the reasons I had Victor on was to try to kickstart my my habit back in. So I need to listen to that episode again, but hopefully I can because my dog just keeps looking at me uh, and she goes crazy if I don't give her at least three runs in the week. At any rate, it is kind of hard though because once you've gotten out of the routine it is exponentially harder uh, to get back in the routine than it is to maintain that even at a high level. Um, Even doing long distances, it's easier to do, I think, 30 miles a week than to come back from not running for like two months. I just got to get back out there. And that's what tonight was. I uh, got out there and it wasn't pretty. Definitely wasn't my best two miles, but it uh, it got the job done, and so I'm on a one-day streak right now. Hopefully I can keep that up, but even if I just completely fail and I don't show up Thursday, I'm going to show up Friday or maybe Saturday, but I'm going to show up. That is if this Sahara wind or no, Sahara dust, if it would calm down just for a little bit. It's uh, it's got me hacking and coughing like crazy. Um, I think it's just, we live in a crazy world where <laughs> dust from Africa can make its way to Texas. Um, but it's really, it's doing a number on my allergies. Kim would call it my man flu is coming back. Uh, apparently, this is some cruel inside joke among the women to ridicule us men. Um, I don't know if you other guys have heard about this, but... They are out there making fun of us for not being able to, uh, you know, hold our own when it comes to being sick. You should just look it up. There's countless memes out there about the man flu. Uh, The basic premise is that men cannot handle getting sick. Apparently, we embellish the severity of our symptoms. And uh, women are just so much stronger than us. Which may be true, but I definitely wouldn't want to have a baby. But... This man flu business is just mean. Kim didn't want to tell me about it at first. It's some sort of secret pact that all women have, but I got it out of her. I'm trying to raise man flu awareness here. I love what the Urban Dictionary has to say about it. They have a slightly different take. Um, Here's one. Man flu. It's not just a cold. It's a condition so severe that germs from a single man flu sneeze could wipe out entire tribes of people living in the rainforest. I like that definition. And you know what? It actually 
might be true because you and I realize Urban Dictionary is not a authority figure in man flu or anything else for that matter, but they are entertaining. Um, but what is true, uh, they've been doing some studies. In at least one study uh, reviewing six years of data, men were hospitalized with the flu more than women. Another reported more deaths among men than women due to flu. <laughs> Apparently, testosterone may play a role. Uh, men with the highest levels tend to have a lower antibody response. So actually, the more you have man flu, the more manly that you are. Uh, that's the way I'm reading this information anyway, and I'm not being biased. Um, here's the best, I think, definition of man flu out of the Urban Dictionary, and I'm just going to leave it at this, all right? I'm going to get off the soapbox, but men suffering from man flu want nothing more than to get out of bed and come to work, but they are too selfless to risk spreading this awful condition amongst their friends and colleagues. <laughs> I can't even read this next sentence without laughing. In this sense, they are the greatest heroes ever known. Sorry, I should have not laughed beforehand, but, you know, that definition just uh, really cracks me up. All right. So I'm going to stop rambling about that nonsense and let's get down to business and make some coffee. This week I am drinking my favorite house coffee. It's the coffee I brew at home anyway. It's Rudamaya Espresso Blend. I love this coffee. It has a rich flavor that I can't find anywhere else. I think it has to do with the method that they use, it's shade grown, which I know they're not the only game in town doing shade grown coffee, um, but they do it the best. Uh, it allows the beans to mature more slowly. It's a slow process when these coffee beans get to grow in the shade, and it just creates this richness uh, in the flavor. This process also increases natural sugars, which I think help with that. Um, you combine that with a roasting method that Ruta Maya uses, and you got an outstanding cup of joe there. It's organic, which I think is very important for coffee. With non-organic coffee, uh, they use a lot of pesticides. So I always go with organic with my coffee, if at all possible. Um, and, you know, that's the way it was intended anyway. That's uh, how the coffee was made back in the ninth century, was it? Um, all of it was shade grown and all of it was organic. Of course, they didn't have DDT back then. Um, but as demand increased, the methods changed by the 70s. Uh, they were doing full sun variety of coffees and using chemical fertilizers and pesticides uh, basically to compensate for the lack of nutrients that weren't in the soil anymore. Um, this process is really bad for the environment. The increasing number of full sun coffee plantations has led to incredible deforestation of the tropical forest around the world. Uh, so there's another reason to drink organic and to drink shade-grown coffee. Like this one, I guarantee you won't be uh, disappointed, but you will need a coffee grinder because they don't even sell it uh, pre-ground. That's, that's how serious they are about it. 
Um, but I do prefer their um, espresso blend over the dark roast. Just my personal preference. All right, now that the coffee is made, let's get into the ghost story. Or at least why I think my house may be haunted. You be the judge. We've lived here for about four years now, and it's an older home. I think it was built in the 80s. I've actually carbon dated the popcorn on my ceiling, and it goes back to the Reagan administration. A few months ago, my two-year-old daughter started seeing a boy in a room. Uh, Kim went upstairs to her room one morning, and Olivia kept staring at the rocking chair. Uh, Kim asked her, you know, what's over there? And she tells her there's a little boy sitting on the chair. At this point, Kim's kind of freaking out, uh, but tries to remain calm. She goes on and asks her what the boy looks like. So Olivia says he looks different. This happens a few times, and she would ask things like, is that weird? And Kim would ask, what are you talking about? And then Olivia says, the boy over there, is that weird? I wish I had audio uh, of her saying this because not only is it cute, but, um, you know, it would lend more to the story. But at any rate, you'll just have to rely on my impression of her. So we didn't hear from the boy for a while. We didn't hear about him, at least. I think it's been two or three months. And last weekend, Kim goes upstairs and she says the boy was on her changing table. Kim asked her if he was still there. Olivia says, no, he went down on the floor. And Kim kind of looks at her and says, down on the floor? Like, how does that happen? Or don't you mean out the door? And so then Olivia makes it a point, you know, pounding on the carpet. No, down in the floor. We do have a nanny cam in her room. I haven't seen anything on the video. I, I can't decide if we've got, you know, a entity or if this is just an imaginary friend. I I had an imaginary friend, so maybe it's hereditary. I don't remember mine, but my mom tells me that my imaginary friend drove a motorcycle exclusively, refused to drive in cars. Um, one day she asked me about him and I told her that he committed suicide by driving his motorcycle off a cliff. I'm not sure what that means, but that's all this, maybe that's all this is, uh, just an imaginary friend that likes to hang out in her room, or maybe it's a ghost. Um, I do believe that there are happenings on this earth that cannot logically be explained. I've, I've always been a bit skeptical, but I didn't completely denounce that ghost existed. I just, uh, I've never had a personal experience. I also think, though, that children are more perceptive when it comes to the supernatural than adults. When I tell people this story, I typically get two reactions depending on how religious the person is. Uh, the agnostics think that it's just a child's imagination and I don't have to run out and get any incantations for my house to get rid of spirits. But the religious crowd tends to believe that she is seeing a ghost. I kind of fall in the middle of these two groups. I'm not religious, but I'm not a everything can be logically explained guy either. The human experience 
it just doesn't always fit into a nice neat box that we can all feel comfortable with. Um, and yeah, I try to be a tough guy, reassure myself. There's nothing to be afraid of out there. It, uh, it's all physical matter. Um, but how do we know? How can we be really sure? And how do I know the difference between imagination and spirits? Well, I did a little research, uh, very little, but I did some. And according to this medium, he's a psychic medium, Blair Robinson, he, uh, he says imaginary friends tend to be flexible to a situation. Uh, when you ask your child about details, they'll often pause and create answers. But a spirit, like a real person, won't be flexible and the answers, won't, and the answers will be forthcoming. Uh, they'll often be able to describe them with terrific accuracy and details without hesitation. As in, the man was standing there and was wearing XYZ. So, so far, uh, Olivia's friend does fall within this definition. He isn't flexible. He only appears in her room, never in any other part of the house. And it is worth noting that she doesn't appear to be scared by this boy. Her mom, on the other hand, well, that's a different story. Um, but there is a theory going around the paranormal circles that children can see in the ultraviolet ultraviolet spectrum. Um, if that's true, then her perception, her view, is like one of those uh, full spectrum camera shows where they chase the ghost around. Um, one reason I think it is possible that Olivia is seeing a spirit is that children don't have all the fear or skepticism that adults do on this subject. Um, I think in order to develop the ability to see non-physical beings, it takes not a non-judgmental person who's relaxed and open to receive. When adults try doing this, uh, trying to go into these areas, well, I can only speak what would happen to me uh, if this were to happen, but it would probably startle me to the point where I would contract and just shut down. Um, but children usually don't react that way. Uh, they're, they're much more receptive. I'm kind of jealous that she gets to have this experience. I'm not going to lie. I know that probably makes me a, a bad person, but I just strive to see the world through her eyes rather than my boring adult view. Now, I'm going to kind of get off into the weeds here, but just stay with me. I, I won't, <laughs> I won't do it too much, but this, this really just intrigues me. Um, there are those that believe that we are all spirits and we just change bodies like the way you would lease a car. It's like that police song, uh, we are spirits in a material world. I think we are fully formed as spiritual beings, but before we're born. And then we choose to be born, and then we forget our true nature as the experiences of the physical world take over our consciousness. Uh, some children, I think, can forget who they are, uh, or they forget who they really are more slowly than others. And so the ones that it, it, it takes longer are able to experience these dimensions um, at least a little bit longer in their childhood. I think everybody, though, has the ability 
to hear things that one or see things that one could say are paranormal, but we have to think like children do. It starts with accepting that you might not even know 0.1% about the universe or what it is or what it's about. For me, that number is probably more like 0.0001%. When it comes to Olivia's friend, uh, maybe he's what's known as an earthbound spirit. And this is where, again, I'm going to kind of get a little weird on you. I uh, hope you don't mind. But these earthbound spirit, that's an entity that exists, but not fully crossed over to the next realm. Uh, part of them is still remaining on earth. And these spirits tend to notice people that are sympathetic or sensitive, intuitive. And so that would basically be a child. Um, they're also attracted to these types just because of how open they are. And if these spirits are real, just go with me for a minute. Um, they're basically like an energetic mass that still occupies a space in our physical plane. And I think it's way too simplistic just to say they're deceased people. Um, there's also crossed over spirits, which are different than the earthbound. Um, that is basically an energy that is fully in the light and existing in the realm of spirit. So this could be an angel, a spirit guide, things of that nature. Um, they're basically surrounded by love, compassion, understanding. I like this quote. If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. That's Nikola Tesla. So far, Olivia's friend, he seems to be a good ghost like Casper. Um, but that's how all scary movies start, right? The movies, though, I know they glamorize this stuff. I don't think it's all malicious. I think probably like the living, you've got some good. I, I would say mostly good. You've got some bad, mostly good. Let's go with that. Um, yeah, but hopefully this spirit is one that brings that compassion, wisdom, grace, and uh, I could always use more of that. But uh, I'll keep you posted on our little haunted house here. And that wraps it up. That's this week's show. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. You can follow me on Facebook. Uh, my page is The Coffee Buzz. And of course, my website, thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com. Uh, I add extra content there, like pictures or links from the show. So check that out. Um, I'm also, I just have to mention this. I'm getting so much love for this show that I'm, I'm just blown away. Uh, last week, a really cool podcast did a plug for me. Um, it's DJ and Beth. They've got a podcast called The Untrained Eye. And they have a great dynamic. It's a great conversation. They pick really good topics. Um, I really like this segue, the segment that uh, DJ did this week on Star Trek The Next Generation. And I just want to say, you're not alone, DJ. I binged this show within a month of getting Netflix, and I have plans to do it again. I don't know when that'll happen. Uh, it's got like, I don't know, nine or ten seasons, and this is back whenever they would do seasons that were 24 episodes long in the good old days, uh, but it's such a great show, so I, I'm with you, sir. 
Anyway, that does it. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks again, and I will talk to you next week.